Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Hemant. I'm Jessica. And we're here for the Friendly Atheist Podcast. We thought that since this is the last episode of the year or mm-hmm. the first episode of the new year, whenever this comes out. Sundays? Yeah. So we figured uh, we would just answer a lot of questions. So on Facebook, I asked people, what are the things you struggle the most with answering Mm -hmm. as an atheist? And hundreds of you commented. And what's funny, I didn't tell Jessica any of the questions. I wrote down, I wrote down, (laughs) I wrote down a bunch of the ones that seemed to be popping up. What was really funny is that there are a lot of questions that were just repeated. A lot of people Mm. struggle with these same things. So we kind of, I jotted down uh, a rough uh, versions of some of these questions. So we thought we'd go through a bunch of them and just kind of discuss them because a lot of the same things come up time and time again, not just questions you deal with as an atheist, but even on the website, the Mm. issues uh, that we write about are often fairly uh, the same issues, just coming up year in, year out. So uh, let me start off with, this first one, what do you say to people who, when you tell them you're an atheist, uh-huh. they say, are you comfortable with the thought of burning in hell for all eternity? Oh my God. Nobody's ever said that to me. <laughs> Has anyone said that to you? No one said that one to me, but I've gotten variations of that where they're like, uh, oh, are you afraid of what's going to happen when you die? Yeah. Uh, aren't you afraid the Pascal's wager sort of thing? Yeah. And part of me is like, no, I'm not afraid of burning in hell. I don't think you understand what atheism <laughs> means. I think that's always a problem when you're talking to people who don't fundamentally understand what atheism is, right? Like, what do you think they think it is? They think that we are rejecting God as opposed to, I just don't believe God exists. Yeah. Do you, well, that like, we think God exists very, and like, we're rejecting his power. Or are <laughs> Satan worshipers or right. whatever. Um, it's funny. There are actually polls that say, okay, you're an atheist. Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in hell? Do you believe in prayer? Uh-huh. And the answer is like, not no. 0%. Oh, no. <laughs> there are some atheists who believe in things. I have gotten questions from people on Facebook. They will say, can you be an atheist who believes in ghosts? And my response is usually the same, which is that it's unusual. You would think, I mean, I'm an atheist because I reject the supernatural. I don't believe there's any evidence of the supernatural. So supernatural encompasses all of that. But there are people out there who might say, no, I don't believe in God's existence, Uh but maybe there are other forms of the supernatural out there. I mean, to that, I would say that firsthand... um, uh, observations are a hell of a thing because you can be a hundred percent sure you saw something, but like objectively, maybe you understand that like eyewitness testimony is unreliable or we see what we want to see or things are tainted or whatever. But like, I feel like if you have that firsthand experience, <laughs> yeah, cool, I felt I it. So I don't know what a getter right. explanation is if not for the supernatural. Right. So, okay, let's get back to the, the root question. Yeah. Are you comfortable with the thought of burning in hell for all of eternity? If someone said that to you as an atheist, how would you, what would you say back to them? I mean, it depends so much on circumstance. Yeah. If Who's asking it? Where right. are they asking so you? So if it's like somebody who I am comfortable having a dialogue with, 
I would be very forthright and be like, well, I don't believe that's a thing, so it's not, it's not something that registers. It's not even a uh, possibility in my head that, like, oh, my God, there's a fiery pit and a guy with <laughs> horns. Like, that, that's just not even a thing. But somebody who maybe I don't know that well, I think I'd be maybe hold our hand a little bit. Like, <laughs> and say the same right. idea. Like, well, in the same way, I don't believe that there's a God. I don't believe that there is a punishment after our life. And right. so I don't believe in heaven and I don't believe in hell. Those to me, when you die, you die. Yeah. If, if God wants to know why I didn't believe in him, the answer is because I looked for the evidence. I didn't yeah. see any. It's not like I said, Oh, you exist. Screw you. Mm-hmm. No, it was, I looked for the evidence. I was open to it. Sure. I think any honest atheist would say I'm open to the evidence. I just haven't found it. Right. And if you're going to torture me for all of eternity, because I dared to say, Question. where's the evidence? I mean, <laughs> then God is fucked up. Yeah. No, I, and I think I would continue to, I, I think the idea of like, I believe when, when I die, my life is over. And like, yeah, you can talk about existential, like you live on memories of other people or whatever. But um, I think that's kind of what I always say. It's like when I die, I'm dead and it's done. So yeah. I'm not concerned about what happens after that. Yeah. Let me try to do my best in this life. We'll right. deal with the aftermath right, right. when we get there. Right. Okay, here's the next one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase this one, but the question is basically, I have a kid, I live in the South, and the question is, how do you talk to your children? Because you know they're going to go to school, they're going to talk to friends who are religious, mm-hmm. and they're going to start asking you, as parents, questions about, why don't we go to church? Why don't mm-hmm. we believe in God? Is there something wrong with me? How do you talk to your kids about religion? Especially when you live in a community where everyone's super religious. Well, as somebody with zero children who lives in a very liberal city, <laughs> we <laughs> are experts so in this matter. This? I mean, I don't know. I think there is an element of of making sure kids understand that different people believe different things. Because um, honestly, to me, when I was growing up, I would go to church with some friends. I lived in a really Catholic community. Um, my family wasn't. Or my parents were raised Catholic, but anyway. And it wasn't until I was like in college that I actually had a full understanding of. Would you just open the can? It's, I will open the can. Um, that there's a full understanding that people actually genuinely believed it. So I'm coming from such a different standpoint of like we didn't really talk about it. So I feel there's nothing I, unless to say like some people believe this and they believe it sincerely and that is fine. And live and let we live if they start you know coming at you. <laughs> it's a different story, but but there's no need to denigrate a kid in you know your second grader to go. Like, <laughs> You're not going to teach your atheist kid. Let me tell you how to you know right. tear down this Christian right. at your school. This little eight year old. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an element <laughs> of saying live to let li- live and let live until somebody is starting to like threaten you or be aggressive at you, and then that's maybe an authority figure. And I think one of the problems that sometimes happens too is maybe a kid comes to you and says, this is what my friend told me about God, about Jesus. Mm -hmm. What do you do, mom, dad? Um, And there's such a temptation as an atheist to say Mm -hmm. that kid is wrong or your teacher is wrong because you go to that type of school or whatever adult told you this is wrong. And here's the problem with that. I think a lot of atheists would agree. You don't want to indoctrinate your child into atheism any more than you want to see other kids indoctrinated into religion. So there's a danger Mm -hmm. in telling that kid, your friend is wrong. God doesn't exist, especially when they're too young to really understand what the question's asking. So when you tell them, no, God doesn't exist, that's the answer. 
I think that's a mistake too. And again, I'm saying this just like you. I, I have a kid who's not old enough to deal with this and I live in a liberal area. So, okay. Um, that said, mm-hmm. one way I've seen it handled, uh, Dale McGowan, who wrote the yeah. book Parenting Beyond Belief. Wasn't he like one of our first guests? He was one of our first guests. He's awesome. But he's written a lot about parenting. And one uh-huh. thing that he talks about that I really appreciate is he says, if your kid comes up to you, uh, mommy, daddy, I believe in heaven. I believe in God. You don't want to dismiss that. Right. And you don't want to say they're right. Right. So what do you do? You play devil's advocate with the kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, you believe in this stuff. Why? Why do you believe in God? And hear what they have to say. It may not make any logical sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense when 30-year-olds say it. It's not going to make sense when an 8-year-old says it. <laughs> but okay, you hear them out. Yeah. Here's why they think God exists. If they say, here's why I believe in heaven. Okay, why do you think heaven exists? Mm-hmm. Well, because God's hiding in the clouds. Okay, and why do you, what happens when it's raining? What happens at night? <laughs> what yeah. do you think about all these things? Just to get them thinking about yeah. this stuff. But to be honest, like really honestly, if your, if your kid came up to you and was like, I don't believe in God, would you, do you think you would play and devil's advocate with yes. that? Yes. And that- here's the flip side of that. Maybe, and this is what happened in Dale's case. Yeah. He said, and the kid came back later on, maybe uh-huh. a week or two later and said, I don't think I believe in heaven. I don't think I believe in God. Uh-huh. It would be the wrong thing, Dale says, to just say, good, you're right. No, it's, oh, really? Why don't you believe in God? Why don't you believe in this stuff? Uh I mean, where do we go when we die? And play the same devil's advocate with them because the goal is not um, to teach them one way is right because you're making the same mistake a lot of religious parents do, but to get them asking good questions because the thinking here is if they know how to ask good questions, mm-hmm. they'll probably become atheists anyway. Yeah. But at least if they become religious, they know how to ask questions and they're not just accepting the stuff on blind yeah. faith. You want to teach them how to think. Sure. So if a kid comes to you in the South and says, you know, my friend taught me this or whatever, you can challenge them on it. That's fine. But challenge them if they go the other way too. The goal is not to say, hey, eight-year-old, you're right, you're wrong. It's to get mm-hmm. them to learn how to ask good questions and sure. make them have the conversation with their friends. Yeah, I, I think you're going to end up at a better spot if that's the method you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, all that sounds great. In practice, in, yeah, though. it all sounds great in theory. Who yeah. knows how that actually works? But I suspect you're going to be better off that way, especially because you know that kid's going to go back to school yeah. and you don't want the kid starting a fight and you don't want the teacher, well, uh, the kid, <laughs> I, yeah, you don't want the kid saying to like the teacher or the friend like, oh yeah, no, my parents said God doesn't exist. Ha ha. Yeah. It's like, oh, now you're just setting yourself up for a well, world of trouble. And you're using your kids as mouthpieces right. for yourself and that's gross And too. we would cringe if religious people do it. So you don't oh, yeah. want to do the same thing. Yeah. All right. We are the parenting experts, yep. Jessica. next question how would you react if you knew you were about to die you're on your deathbed and i know very optimistic questions here in 2016 that's not an okay question (laughs) to ask because it's hitting too close to it's probably january 1st so if i know (laughs) you're about to die you're on your deathbed you've been an atheist your whole life Uh how do you react at that point i'm gonna open a can of okay cool Ah. so God, my instinct is to do like a deathbed conversion just to kind of fuck with people, but I don't <laughs> think that's the answer. People Best are podcast like, episode. By so the way, I'm going to have recording equipment at your deathbed. Oh, oh, you should record my death rattle. God, that was weird. Okay, so I don't know. I mean, I just think I'm actually like, I'm kind of doing that. Like, my grandmother is pretty ill right now, so there is a lot of thought about like 
how do you treat somebody who's coming to the end of their life, especially when their mental health is slipping, things like that. So for me, so if I was, if I found out I had a terminal disease tomorrow, you know, I'm 31 years old and this is how I'm going to die. I think there would be an element of like reconnecting with as many people as I could. Um, you know, making sure that what you leave behind is as not burdensome as possible. Um, kind of remembering that life goes on after you're done. So getting your affairs, in order, which isn't romantic, but it's a very practical thing to do, making yeah. sure you're an organ donor. <laughs> make sure all my bills are paid. Well, I yeah. mean, really, like, the last thing you want to do is, like, croak, and then someone's like, oh, she has $50,000 worth of debt that <laughs> goes, I don't know how money works, but yes. I'm sure somebody has to pay it. Uh, but yeah, I, so to me, so to me, the important things in life are almost always centered around people. So for me... It, it, it sounds be, like what you're not saying is you're going to change your mind about, you know, the religion issue. Well, because at what point, what, the, what good is that going to do? Right. It, it sounds very practical, which is to say, no, I'm still an atheist, but the whole kind of philosophy behind that is I want to make sure I lived my best life yeah. while I'm alive. Uh-huh. And let me tie up loose ends. Let me see the people that meant right. a lot to me because I won't get to anymore. Because I guess I don't understand. I kind of do thinking about like, oh, okay, I can go through my life and be like, I don't believe in heaven and I don't believe in hell. Um, but when I'm really faced with it, when push comes to shove, am I comfortable saying, okay, I'm about to die and that's like the end? So I understand, excuse me, I understand what that question is kind of getting at, but I guess I just, just don't see how that would help any. Even in my last 30 seconds, I was like, oh, maybe. But, but the thing, here, okay, here's the thing. If you all of a sudden say you do your deathbed conversion and say, oh, my God, I'm a Christian, I believe in Christ, I haven't been going to church my whole life, so <laughs> it's not like I'm a chewin to go to heaven. Oh, no, I think they would say if you accepted Christ at any point on your deathbed, for reals, then it that's all that matters. See, uh, I hate that because... It's a <laughs> loophole. It is a loophole. That's why the mass murderers get to go to heaven if they accept Jesus. That's why Anne Frank's burning in hell, unless she accepted Jesus while the Nazis came after her. Who is it? Some serial killer... All of them. All well, one of them particularly. That I, was it Ted Bundy? That motherfucker. That one of them converted, like at yeah, the very end like of his life. Yeah, he was like anti-pornography. I remember like, James Dobson interviewed the Focus on Family yes. guy. Interviewed one of them. It might have it been was, him. Was, I'm not that sure. That was Ted Bundy, but I'm not uh-huh. sure if that's who I'm thinking of. And this is so beside the point. But there is a podcast I listened to called Last Podcast on the Left, and they did this recording of him, this murder, being like, before he gets sentenced to death, being like. I found Christ and I've learned to forgive myself and I just have to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's really fucking nice for you, but I'm sure the 20 kids you right. killed aren't super forgiving of which, you, but like, I'm super glad you can sleep at which night, Which if guy. Christians have it right, he's going to see those kids that he killed in heaven, which is fucked up. Oh my God, I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it's messed up on a lot of levels. They never get to that question when they talk about it in religious class. Uh, okay, I don't want to get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, I mean, that's the idea, that you can accept ew, and God. and his heaven is that he can, like, have access to murder people oh, as often ew. as... Ew. <gasps> Weird. Oh, that's scary. Have fun, kids in heaven. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we need to... Uh, there's no question oh. anymore. You've you've gone past whatever the question. No, okay. If we're going back to you're on your deathbed, yeah. Oh. If if you convert at any point on your deathbed, right. uh, you're going to heaven technically, according to and you know Protestants. Christianity, right? Yeah. Um, they don't care about what you did in your life. So 
doesn't feel like a super. But it seems, I think the people who ask these questions, like, you know, what would you do on your deathbed? You're dying or something. Maybe Christopher Hitchens changed his mind. Or something. They always presume we've never thought about these things right. until that very moment. Right. Like, like no, shit. pretty much everyone I know who's put some thought into this has considered, oh, what happens yeah. when things get really shitty in life? Well, Is that going to change my mind? And they've already concluded, mm-hmm. like, no, I... There are rational explanations for this. I think when my life is over, it's over. Like there, it's not like you're gonna come across some epiphany mm-hmm. in your dying moments that you never thought about up I mean, until that time. Yeah, I know. And especially when you you think of a Christopher Hitchens type who was facing his own mortality for a long time before he mm-hmm. eventually died. It's not like he got diagnosed and died the next day, or was in a terrible accident and he had died. plenty of time he to had think a lot about of time this to issue. Consider what was going right. on. Also, can I say the creepiest thing? Do you ever think about like when we're de- when we're dead? Like this podcast is going to be on forever. So like creepy, isn't that weird? So people will be like, oh, these assholes were talking into a microphone two hundred years ago. <laughs> they could have well, just used like, like the plugged the USB the port into their brain, and that's how I get my podcast. <laughs> Hello, people of twenty twenty two. No, twenty two hundred. Whatever guy? year. I don't know. I not for years. Twenty two. Whatever year 16, it is. Twenty two sixteen. Um. But yeah, it's just a weird question to ask if people will convert. One, because it's so rare. I can't remember anyone who's actually converted on their deathbed. Like, if it happens, the- it's super rare. It doesn't speak for other people. Or I wonder if it does happen, if it's more of a you're not all mentally there or you're trying to appease grieving family members or, <laughs> you know, like yeah. people will do a lot of weird shit to like, you know, not cause friction right <laughs> so the one time the the time i've heard it cited often is there was this darwin? Eight, no uh, that's the urban legend that right. darwin did it that's false right. but there was a guy anthony flew a philosopher who they say converted in his you know dying days and all he really said was or maybe i don't know if it was on his dying days but late in life uh-huh. after being a vocal atheist for a long time and basically all he said is uh, i it seems like there could be a good reason to believe God created the world because I don't have a good answer for that. Uh-huh. So he's a deist. You know, God created the world, but he's sure. not answering your prayers. There's no miracles right. going on nowadays. It's very different from whatever, you know, evangelicals believe. Um, and yet that was somehow supposed to be proof mm-hmm. to atheists that they should change their minds too, which is ridiculous. Richard Dawkins has said, you know, if he's on his deathbed, he's going to have a recorder set up <laughs> just so everyone knows he was still an atheist oh, until... Done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm. It's so nice to meet you. On you've met Richard Dawkins before. I've met him a couple times. I made eye contact with him briefly. (laughs) I've met him a couple times. We've talked very little. I don't know. Just the circumstances didn't really allow for a conversation. Um, Speaking of deism, I'm reading the the Hamilton biography right now. Yeah, and it is. There was so little talk of religion, and and granted, this is a very singular view. But, you know, people argue whether the Fending Fathers were Christian or not, but I think it's inarguable that that wasn't weighed into the Constitution. You know? like <laughs> They even, weren't really talking about God right. and all that stuff right. while they were writing the Constitution. Yeah, which I think most atheists know, unless you're like a David Bartman, who is not an atheist, but a yeah. religious historian. David Barton, who says everyone's always Christian all the time and whatever. God, that guy's the pits. He just makes things up. Yeah. No, he really does. But anyway, that's completely off topic. <clears throat> it's just something I've been thinking about. <laughs> okay. And by the way, that all that conversation we just had could also answer another question, which is um, are there atheists in foxholes? Because some people say if you're in the military, if you're doing something that where you put your life at stake, 
you have to believe in God because why would you do that otherwise? And it's it's the same thing. Which, like no, it people can a, give their lives for a good cause because they believe in something right. has nothing to do with God. There are plenty of atheists in the military well, and policemen, firemen, whatever. That's right. But just about to say, like a, that's insulting to yeah. any atheist who's served who deserves just as much credit yeah. or whatever. That said, also that implies that like the military is the only place where people put themselves in high risk <laughs> positions. Because, like you said, like policemen, firemen, all that kind of thing. Like people are doing dangerous work every day, and not even like super noble work. Like people who work in factories, maybe not right, as right. Much now, I mean, they're safer now, but like people are dying all the fucking time, and like. Right. To imply that, A, the military is the only dangerous place in the world. And, and I'm not trying to discredit people who are serving because right. it's super dangerous. And but Yeah, people are uh, doing a lot of dangerous things all right. the time. doesn't mean they're not atheists or something. Right. So, okay, here's the next question. Um, I'm going to read this one as it's written. Sometimes I feel like I'm too strident when speaking out against religion. I live in the <laughs> Bible Belt now. It's had a direct effect on my relationships here. Uh, no matter how friendly or kind I am, my atheism scares people. So what do you do in that situation? If you're, let's say, in the Bible Belt and somewhere really religious, uh -huh. should you speak out as an atheist? Okay, so my answer is skewed because I'm a loud asshole. Um, and so I am very much of the mindset that if you are in a position that you're not going to be uh, harmed... And by that, I mean, nobody's going to physically hurt you. You're not going to lose your home if you're, um, you know, a kid living with your parents or your education. And sadly, license. there are places where that could 100%. happen. hundred percent. But that's also why I think people like that are the reason it's important that you, people like you and I speak out because there aren't really we don't have the same consequences yet yeah. to me speaking my mind and that, you know, works its way out like a, whatever. Um, so... So I can relate to this because I feel very similar in regard to my feminism that I'm and it's not to say that feminism isn't generally accepted but when I am doing my rants about how white men ruin everything which you know there's yeah, screw white men they're yeah. not me <laughs> <laughs> No but just things like that things like when you're looking at what's going on and it's just like white men who have their head up their own asses and it's not <laughs> exclusive and it's not, but, but it's things like that, that I'm like, fuck it. Like you guys keep fucking it up. Can you hand over the wheel? <laughs> um, and people do, shockingly don't like that. What? I don't know. I can't imagine why. And I've definitely. So has that made you shut up about it more? No. Okay. It's made people like me less. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm not very. I'm because not the people who would. <laughs> Well, I mean, the people who wouldn't like you for saying those things are probably not people you care to be close with, I would assume. Right. And yes, I think that's that's accurate. And I know what I think is or what, I, what I'll vocalize is more extreme, but it's just something I'm really aware of. And I see it affecting my everyday life the, the way I'm sure this letter letter writer. Sure. Facebook poster probably sees. So you're cognizant of it. You're not necessarily going to bring it up all the time, or at least you're aware that if I bring this up now and I want to. Mm -hmm. It may change our relationship. Yes. And and to some extent, you have to pick and choose. Because I've never been great at agree to disagree. That's uh, that yeah, really, no. that's really no, hard. No, no, no. We're going to finish this now. <laughs> but at the same time, I understand that like you still have to interact with people who disagree with right. you. And so you have to keep certain barriers up. Uh, and you can't be completely outspoken about everything all the time. Because nobody wants that guy at the party. Right. Um, 
I've always been under the mindset that, I mean, it's been said before, but there's no nice way to tell people they're basing their life on a lie. <laughs> there's no right way yeah. to tell people you're an atheist because you're going to offend someone just well, by... Well, our very existence yes. offends a lot of people, which is... Which is too bad. So I don't think the issue is, you know, that you're not friendly or kind about it. There's no nice way yes. to say you're an atheist in certain, right. uh, among certain people. Right. So there's that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no nice way to say it. So the question is, do you mention it at all? And I agree with you that, look, if you're going to be putting yourself in harm's way, if you're going to be hurting relationship, like, should uh-huh. you come out to your parents as an atheist? Right. Look, if you live under their roof and you're dependent on them for financial support, don't be an idiot. Yeah. I mean, there's like, an element of self-preservation that we yeah. all have to do. I mean, I believe me, I was that kid where I'm like, I don't want, uh, I'm living here. It's going to make my life hell if my parents think I'm an atheist for yeah. a while anyway. Um, even though I really wanted to come out because I want to be honest about it. Right. But again, that don't be dumb about it. There's a time and place when mm-hmm. at least you're on your own and they can't hurt you. Yeah. Not physically, but just emotionally, or financially, whatever. Physically, yeah. Maybe physically. Of- but yeah, like, wait if you need to. Mm-hmm. If your kids are going to school in the South or something, maybe that's not the time for you to speak out because it might affect them. Same type of issue, mm-hmm. which is if this is going to come back to bite me in the ass or if it's mm-hmm. going to affect how my kids have to deal with, especially if it's going to affect your kids kids. Yeah. Maybe it's not the right way to do it. So a couple things I would add to that. Uh-huh. If you are speaking out about like a legal issue or something, you see church aid separation violated. Mm-hmm. You know, what I've constantly told people is if you see a violation, you know, get documentation, take a picture, what have you, uh-huh. send it to an organization like Freedom From Religion Foundation, American Humanist Association. They have legal teams. They will send a letter on your behalf without mentioning you. Right. The only time your name has to come up is if there is a lawsuit filed. But mm-hmm. most of the time, that does not happen. Sure. They settle it. It's not an issue. No money is exchanged. It's all good. So that's one option. But the other one is, look, if someone asks you, I would just play it safe. I mean, I do this now, and I do this for a living, more or less. You know? Yeah. It's if people say, oh, what do you believe? What Are you an atheist? Whatever. Yeah, I, I don't believe in God. Or... No, yeah, I don't really talk about religion uh, oh. with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, say, I will talk about, talk about religion on the computer, but, like, not with most people. Yeah. I don't want to have this conversation well, with other right. people. Right, and I think there's an element of not wanting to, um, again, not wanting to cause friction where it's not necessary. Right. But I also think that, if, I don't know, for me, if somebody asks me if I'm religious, I feel really comfortable saying, no, I'm an atheist. Like that's never, I, for a long time I'd say, oh, I don't go to church or oh, I don't right. believe in God or, you know, something that's a little more like cushiony because pe- the atheist word scares people. And let me, let me add on to that. I I'm with you. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not, no, I'm no, no, obviously no. not but worried about place. saying people I'm an atheist, but the reason I say that is because I do still have a, I coach a team at a local high school. Yeah, I have a lot right. of connections to those kids and their parents. Mm-hmm. I don't want my beliefs and all the stuff we talk about here affecting what I do there. Those are separate worlds for me. Right. So, of course, when they bring it up, I'm going to change the conversation. I don't want to talk about it with you. Yes. Everywhere context else. Context is key here. Right. Context is key. Everywhere else, I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know, my close friends know about it. It's fine. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, j- just to add on to that, I yeah, context matters. Yeah, it does. Okay. Here's the next question. All right. Uh, someone wanted to know how you respond to this question. How am I supposed to live knowing I will never see my grandbabies in heaven? Or how will you live knowing you will never see your grandkids in heaven? 
Because if you don't believe in heaven, and if you're an atheist, you're not going to see all your loved ones again. I presume that's the question. You know, how do you get through the day knowing that if your parents have died, if your grandparents have died, maybe if your kids have died, that's it. You're not going to see them in heaven. At least with religious people, you have hope that even when you die, you will be reunited. I mean, we just saw this this week with who Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds. Hey, 2016. But... I, they, I sat on my couch and cried about Debbie Reynolds. I think that was a hard one. Um, I don't know if it was her uh, Debbie Reynolds' son who said this, but someone said, said she wanted to see Carrie. She again. wanted to see Carrie again, so of course. And as a you know, as a mother, of mm-hmm. course, it's like now I can go. Right. Maybe there's that sentiment to it. But That's the so the sad. nice sentiment that makes no sense mm-hmm. is that she wanted to be reunited in heaven or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. How do you get through the day knowing if you suffered such a loss, that's not going to happen? Um, So I've actually had this question. This is one of the few questions that's really been posed to me in real life, in the wild. Um, I was uh, obviously at a bar, as I want to do. (laughs) And this this woman I was talking to was is Catholic and takes her religion very seriously. And so I I was I completely will say I was kind of an asshole about it because I forget how important people's religions are to them and I kind of look <laughs> at it like like it's an anthropological thing. So I'm like, oh, well, if you, you know, you're Catholic, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And it was me being sincerely, sincerely trying to get information, but I was doing so very callously and it was a poor, uh, poor judgment on my part. That said, she asked me the same thing. Um, and my answer was that, um, so, God... Seven years ago now, a really close friend of mine died. Um, he and I were, uh, we worked in Montana together. We were very close. Um, he was a Baptist, very, and we had some of my, to this day, some of my favorite religious discussions because we were mutually respectful and just, he had never met an atheist before, you know? So anyway, um, uh, so he died unexpectedly and it, it crushed me. Like I was crushed. Um, and the way I've accepted that I'll never see him again, which isn't anything that brings me comfort. But because I feel sure that I'm, it's very unlikely that I'll ever see my friend, my friend again, I try to keep his memory alive by sharing stories about mm-hmm. things we did together or experiences we had together or things that he taught me or things that I felt like I taught him. Um, and to me, that's more important. Like, if I died tomorrow, I would hope that my memory would live on through the the people I've affected. Right. And I wonder if there's any inclination for people not to, you know, if your friend passed away, it's mm-hmm. like, I want to keep that memory alive. I'm going to do, I'm going to be proactive and do things to make sure that memory stays alive. And I wonder if you were religious thinking, I'll see him soon. You yeah. may not want you know you don't think you need to do all those things yeah. preserve that memory. Yeah, and I don't know if that's true. I was just watching <clears throat> um, a documentary on Netflix. It's called Witness. Have you heard of it? No. Uh, do you know who Kitty Genovese is? Yes, the New York woman yeah. who was. So she famously in the uh, 1960, I want to say ish, uh, she was murdered in um, Queens in New York, and this very famous article came out in the New York Times called "38 Witnesses" or "39 Witnesses," "38," I think. And the what they were saying was there were 38 witnesses to this woman's brutal attack, and nobody did anything. 
So this documentary is about Kitty Genevieve's younger brother who just wants to find out what happened and like did people really do nothing or and this is before 911 was a thing so like calling the police wasn't a simple thing but so anyway all that is to say that um when this young woman died because it was such a tragic and such an unexpected death the family didn't go to the trial of her of her murder and this this guy who's now in his 60s or 70s was saying I never, we never talked about her. So she, her memory very much died with her. And so all of a sudden, because of this documentary, he's talking to his own kids and saying, oh, did you know that Kitty was X, Y, Z? And did you know she liked to do this? And all of a sudden, they feel like... They know her, too. They know her again. Because I just think that's... And I'm not... And they're, I know they were a Catholic family, and I'm not sure if... I'm sure it's more the circumstances of the tragedy right. than necessarily the But yeah, the I wonder how many religious families may just think, you're going to see Grandpa again. Right. Here's the pictures. That's kind of... We don't talk about it that right. much because we'll see him soon. And I don't... And I could be completely extrapolating off something that isn't necessarily a religious thing, quote unquote, but I don't know that... Because I would rather keep my loved ones close to me today... Right. And think about them and, and remember them and t- share stories about who they were and who they meant to me, then hope in the back of my head that I'll see them again and could be wrong. And, uh, you know, George Carlin had this long bit in one of his last stand in his last stand up special that was more or less like, and who are you even going to see in heaven? I'm totally paraphrasing, so of course no, I'm no, butchering no, you're it. Nailing it. But, uh, who are you going to see? Are you going to see their old selves? Or are you going to see them as younger selves? Like they're not going to, oh, yeah, they Julia wouldn't Sweeney be the same as the memory you have of them per se. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Move on. Um, how would you teach your children? Uh, this is from someone who was asked this by someone who was religious. They didn't know how to answer necessarily. How are you going to teach your children morality Jeez. without religion? I don't know. Don't be an asshole for like a second. And yeah. I bet they'll figure it out. <laughs> There's just, so many snappy I, answers to this that are one, no, which I is like mine. I like yours too. <laughs> How are you going to teach your kids morality with religion? Cause the yeah. Bible's full of crazy shit. I think we posted a meme on the Facebook page or something that said, you know, if you had a robot that lived in your house, whose only like programming was Morgan's. do everything the Bible says, Yo-oh. would you want that? Bible? <laughs> would you want that robot in your house? Bible robot, a bi-bot. Ew. <laughs> That's my best work. I like Ro- it. Mm. But Not it's perfect, it's yeah. weird to think because if you're teaching your kids, you shouldn't lie or you know don't don't steal from other people. Why not? Because the Bible says so. That's the shittiest reason to not steal from yes. someone else. And this is another thing that's well-worn ground, but saying if the only reason you're not killing somebody is because your religion, then that's not like what morality is. That's yeah. just fear <laughs> of punishment. Right, right. Like I do good things for people because that's the world I want. I want to live in a world where people do nice things. Like I go and volunteer at a therapeutic writing center because I want to help those kids and those kids' days are made better and that makes me feel better. So like everybody's winning. Right. Instead of I'm like keeping track in the back of my head of like, do I have enough tally points to make it up to heaven or whatever? Right. I just, it's, I find it to be a really disingenuous question. Yeah, if you're, I don't think if you're, you, and I don't think a lot of religious people are teaching their kids to be good people for the only reason because God said so. I mean, like, just, that's a horrible way to teach kids to do anything. Right, and you're right, like, it is fear. 
like the elf on the shelf thing, and even to some extent, <laughs> the sa- like that kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies because that <laughs> is just saying like somebody is watching you, and that's why you should do the right thing, not not do the right thing because it's because the right it's thing right because thing it's a better world because just follow the golden rule. That's what everyone believes anyway, yeah. or at least in theory, that's what they well, say they believe. I heard somebody else. And by the way, the same person who asked that question pointed out correctly. Should we be giving people credit or not? Uh, I didn't write down their names. There were so many. And <laughs> uh, and again, a lot of these were the same questions. So I just, oh, I got this one. All right, cool. There's like 18 people who asked it. Uh, the religious community I grew up in, I'm quoting this person. The religious community I grew up in has produced numerous pedophiles, people who sell drugs to kids, and at least one murderer. Point being... You could be raised in a religious community. It doesn't mean everyone's going to turn out okay, yeah. which is the point. So I think the idea that that just because you're religious means you're necessarily moral has been so widely debunked, it's kind of laughable at this point because we have very specific <laughs> cases of religious leaders, even we'll say, like not even just somebody who says they believe in God because fuck if everybody's always yeah. going to say like, oh, they're not like they're doing the no true, no true Scotsman thing, right? Like, yeah. oh, they weren't. They weren't real Christians Uh, or something. Uh, But if they, if you want to extrapolate up to, again, well-worn crown, but like Catholic priests are doing some terrible shit. Let's play a game. It's called, hey, name one religious leader who's ever done something immoral, (laughs) unethical against the law. And now try to name an atheist who has done something equally reprehensible. I'm just saying the first question is way easier to answer. It's not that atheists are perfect. We're not. But like, (laughs) (laughs) but I promise you there is a long list of religious leaders uh, who sincerely believed whatever it is they were preaching. Yeah. I was having a a discussion with, with somebody about, um, so there was a, a new article that was put out about, about pedophiles. So the idea is like there are pedophiles. This is a weird Google alert you have. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The thing is, it's even weirder because I definitely found it on a page that I follow for like a murder podcast. So like, it's not better. (laughs) It's not better the way I found it. Continue. (laughs) Anyway, I'm I'm fine. Um, So they're saying, okay, there are people who are saying like I have these pedophilic urges, and I want. And the idea is like, can we? find these people and give them the appropriate therapy or give them the tools they need as to not harm people. And somebody was just furious about this idea of like, no, they're just assholes who are, they're horrible you know, people. They're we, need people. we need lock to lock them up or something. Exactly. And, and my response to that and, and to many of these issues would be, we've tried that for a long time. We've tried telling people not to steal and not to kill and not to hurt children for a long time. And it hasn't gone great. So, Either we need to just accept that this is a part of, and I would say the same that thing people with, are going to do bad things. Right. And I would say this is a similar argument with the gun thing mm-hmm. is okay. Th- we've had this in place for a minute and this is the result. I think we could do better. I think we could reduce gun deaths. I think we could reduce instances of children being harmed, but we have to agree that we want to collectively help this and that some things are worth sacrificing. So for me, and that's super easy for me to say, that I would rather not have a gun in my house and quote-unquote feel unsafe, which is another conversation for another day, than risk some, not even somebody shooting up a place, some toddler getting their hands on a gun and shooting themselves or their family. 
So let's live with the fact that, you know, there is going to be some horrible stuff going on in the world. Let's right. work to reduce it as right. much as we can. Right. But religion's not going to solve this problem. Yeah. Are you saying that it got off the, tra- <laughs> off the track? No, 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 no. I'm just trying to corral it back. Well, that I is my it, job here. I think it's more, yeah, um, I think it's more in line with skepticism than it is necessary with atheism. Because I think that's another, those are other elements of, like, if you look at the facts and you and you take away like the impassioned pleas and you take away everything else and just look at, okay, here's what we have. Here's the problem. How do we solve it? Statistics say you're more likely to shoot yourself or a family member in your house than a burglar. Okay, if we can get people to accept that, and I think that's, to me, what a lot of skepticism is about, is sometimes it's not pretty or romantic and sometimes... W- you you have to acknowledge that there's more world around than than you and what you want isn't necessarily what's best for the collective which is very very communistic <laughs> sentiment i'm rolling it anyway that's what i have to say excellent um simple question one that we faced many times but what if you're wrong sorry <laughs> No, I seriously, like, what the fuck would I do? What would I do? I've lived my entire life with the active search for what is truth and what is real and what can I count on. And time and again, it's shown that there is nothing supernatural, that there is nothing beyond... I shouldn't say there's nothing beyond what we can see because that's obviously fallacious, but... There's nothing beyond the natural world that we can see. So the idea that the way for me to be a good person is to put my blind faith in something because I'm told to, to me is sad almost in a way of the measure of me, the measure of me as a person isn't did I do the most good for the most people, it is, did I blindly put my faith in a thing that I had no hard evidence of? Right. Why would I start believing in what I think is nonsense just because of that remote possibility or something? Like, no, I mean, if you're going to punish me for daring to question and challenge, you know, most people don't think about this stuff. Most people will never ask, you know, the question whether God exists. They will accept it because it's what they've been taught Mm -hmm. and be done with it. Um, like, I'm not ever going to be upset that I dared to question it or think about it or anything. So, like, what if I'm wrong? Like, then what's God going to be mad at that I looked for the answer? That's crazy. I mean, what sort of messed up God would believe in that stuff? More importantly, and this is the common response to this, it's what if you're wrong? You're believing in this one God who does everything. What if Hindus are right? Man, yeah. you're all screwed. <laughs> and just to be clear, like, even if we're doing numbers and stuff worldwide, Christians are still in the minority. Like they're 30 some percent of the world Mm -hmm. and Muslims are like 20 some percent of the world. Like we're all in the minority with whatever it is we think is right. Um, so the odds that you're right and everyone else is wrong. I mean, that's the question I always want to kind of throw back. And that you're, staking your internal life on this. Right. And and it's and it's something that I, I feel like people struggle with with kind of circumstantial things. So the fact that I was born to Italian and Irish parents means if they were religious, I would have been raised Catholic. Right. 
not because my parents did some like real hard hitting, you know, <laughs> research and sought their truth and explored all of the possible religions. They were just born into Catholic families. Right. By yeah, it's circumstance. I mean, it's not because one group of people magically stumbled upon all the right answers. That's silly. Um, okay, here's a, a different question altogether. Uh, should you just, if your family wants you to baptize your kids or go through those religious rituals and you and your spouse don't believe in this stuff, should you just go through with it to keep the peace? Uh, that I'm living proof that that's not going to do a ton because I was baptized to non-religious really parents yeah, and, and religious grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I was told at like 10 that I was baptized to shut my grandmother up. Did it work? <laughs> Did your grandmother shut up? I No, of course she did. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I guess it's what you're willing to, cause I mean, okay, I'm an atheist, so I don't believe baptism hurts anybody. Right. But I think there is inherent harm in sort of inundating your kid into... I don't know. Uh, see, I wouldn't do it... But again, like, I really have to keep coming back. Like, I'm a huge asshole. And I can't <laughs> emphasize that enough because I would never do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't... It'd be like, no, fuck off. Like, this is my human child. And I'm going to keep it alive and not, like, douse it in water. I think it's... What about to say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to throw do, the fire hose do, on my do, infant. Dude, don't do you pour water on them? Uh, it depends. You could do the full body baptism. You could do sprinkling on the head. Um, some of them don't count. And if you do it wrong, you're going to hell. But well, like, you got to do it right. Dunk them in a river or whatever. So yeah. Um, so to me, I would say absolutely not. Like, no, who cares? Like they can, fi- unless, unless again, there's a question of, are you relying on your parents for right. child care or are you relying on your parents for financial <laughs> aid? This is the atheist version of the Gilmore Girls. Then you oh go ahead God. and do it and get the money. Gilmore Girls is such a good metaphor. So like... You're welcome. This is really exciting. So I didn't Emily, watch it the moment it came out on Thanksgiving weekend. Okay, we have to talk about that off mic. All right. Or on mic. Off mic. Um, <laughs> so like Emily and Richard are... Their dinner at Sunday nights is church. And if you want money from us, you have to come every week. Which, for I'm going to be honest, I would. I don't, man, <laughs> I'm not coming off super great. But, like, if, if those were the stakes, if the stakes were you do this or you don't get an education. Or, or you're not children, part of the will. <laughs> I mean, at what... Like, if, they, if your grandparents said, you got to send your kid to Catholic school, we'll pay the tuition. See, that's that's different. Different circumstance now? I think so. Because I think being baptized is passive and it's not a thing your kid's probably going to remember assuming right. you do it pretty early. Right. And therefore it's not really doing anything. Like if you don't believe in the magic of baptism, it's just a waste of your time for a little bit. It's not, that's the end of it. Yeah. You dress up like people hold your baby and I don't know. Right. Here's, let me, but, I'll push back. Catholic yeah. school is that's te- that is shaping your child's, outlook and their future and their education like early their early education is important and right and to be fair catholic school i mean is not as bad as say some private evangelical school or something i mean there are degrees here catholic schools for the most part they do a good job of educating your kids but you're right indoctrination is a part of that too and we all know a lot of atheists who went to catholic school too 
But yeah, I mean, it's a different story if they're going to pay for stuff, if they're, if they're, they have you on the line, mm-hmm. you know, for, for so other like, things. I guess this, this, um, hypothetical situation is you live in a place where the public schools are really subpar and they're helping you and out, they're helping you out. Fuck. I don't know. I mean, so let me take it out of that realm for a second. L- let me go back to the baptism question. Cause okay. I think my answer would be slightly different, which is to say, I don't care. And maybe this is a weird answer coming from me. I don't really care about the baptism, uh-huh. but I wonder if that sends the message that we will bend over backwards for a religious ritual. And let's assume for a second, everyone knows we are atheists here. Sure. This isn't a secret because that's a different issue. <laughs> if they know I'm an atheist, yeah. would I still go through with it? Maybe because maybe it's seen as disrespectful. Maybe it's like, eh, well, I don't, it, like you said, it's not going to do anything. Right. So whatever, I'll waste a little bit of my time. But here's what I'm worried about. I would be worried that they're going to want more from your kids. Yeah. They're going to want uh, you to keep saying yes to other religious things that are probably not seen as a big deal. And that's where I get worried and about. all of a sudden you're getting married in a Catholic church. And yeah. So you right? to obey your husband. I mean, we actually did this, which is, you know, uh, when I got married, my parents wanted a religious ceremony. Yeah. It's like. I will, as long as the wedding is something we plan, like I plan and my wife plans and stuff, it's like, I will give you this little party if you want to have a religious one Uh because you're not getting the wedding. Right. So I don't care. You can have that. And you did the invitation thing for them, right? I think, yeah, we made a little religious e invitation too, just to appease them because I didn't care. Right. But they, we kind of went into it saying like, look it's not going past this. We're not doing anything else. And the same thing I would think uh, is the advice I would give to other people, which is your parents, your family, they kind of need to know what the boundaries are. It's same as like with kids. If like they're going to set boundaries. And- if, if your family, extended family is going to indoctrinate your child, uh-huh. like here, uh, grandparents want to see their grandkid. Fine. I'll leave my grandkid with you. But if I find out you're indoctrinating them, you don't get access to them. That's yeah. the leverage you have. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to find a way to set the boundaries now, if they're holding something over you, mm-hmm. like an inheritance or whatever, now you got to reconsider because now there's there's strings there's attached and now it's a little harder. But it's it's a which it's sad that that's what it comes to, you know, like you have a parent or whatever. This is what happens when religious people. Yeah. That's morality and religion for you. Yeah. We'll hold this over your head just so you do what we say. Yeah. Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here is a totally different question, totally uh, different type. How can I help the most people when atheists don't have a community? The idea here being, even if you want to give to charity, Mm -hmm. churches give you a way to do that. And I don't mean tithing to the church or giving money to them, but if you want to give money to charity to a good cause, churches are a great way of facilitating that. Mm -hmm. And there have been studies to show this. Religious people are... Uh, often get into a habit of giving money, uh-huh. donating, making that, you know, a part of their lives. Atheists don't have the infrastructure or the vehicle to mm. do that. It's part of why I used to belong with an organization called Foundation Beyond Belief. It was a way to get atheists to give to charity. Um, so what do you do if you don't have that atheist community, um, but you still want to help a lot of people? What's the best way to do it? God, I... I mean, you do have to make some amount of effort. Like, it's not going to be handed to you. Like, go to show up, right. and we'll take care of everything. But I mean, if 
if this if this person feels like it's something that it doesn't occur to them unless they make something a ritual. There are ways to like I donate twenty dollars a month to Planned Parenthood. It just gets pulled out of my checking account. I don't have to think about it. I get a nice email from them every every month saying like thanks for your donation. I'm like oh yeah I helped. Um, so that is something I would say if they feel like they're not so find a way to give to the organizations causes you care about right without without having to make an effort if that's what what is holding you back right um i would so i started when i moved out <coughs> excuse me i moved out to the suburbs a couple of months ago and i started getting back into volunteering with a um uh, it's a therapeutic writing center it's called the hansen center if anybody wants to donate to them they do uh, therapeutic horseback riding for um, special needs mm. children and adults, whether they have physical or emotional or mental disabilities. Um, it's an incredible, incredible uh, program. Um, horses are very expensive to upkeep, so they always need money. So it's the Hanson Center. They're uh, with the Ray Graham Association. Anyway, I got in the habit. Uh, I wanted to start do- um, doing volunteer work again because it was too far for me to do it from the city. And so I showed up and I did the training thing and I go there every Monday at three and I, you have to make yourself held accountable to something. So I think if you, you sort of back, like the same way you go to church every Sunday, right? And that's where you do your donating and that's where you do your good deeds toward the community or whatever. I think holding yourself accountable is really important. And it's the same, honestly, it's the same thing for like, I wish I worked out more. Well, if I sign up for a class, I have to be there right. once a week at this time, right? Like, I don't, I'm, other people are, I'm hurting other people actively if I don't show up. Not hurting, but. So yeah, I, I mean, so you have to be proactive about it and make sure proactive. that you are helping the causes yeah. you care about because no one's going to organize it all for you yeah. when you're an atheist. Or even little, little things help. Like, uh, Amazon Smile is a thing I try to do. I think it goes. So when you make Amazon purchases, a portion goes to certain charities. 0.5% of your, of your purchase goes to the charity of your, and you can pick your charity. So I just do, I think the Red Cross. Yeah. Credit cards do the same thing. Certain ones. Um, and I've also heard a really good piece of advice for parents who want to instill that in their kids, but they don't go to church Mm -hmm. every week, which is give them an, if you give them an allowance of some sort, like I'll give you whatever, I don't know what's normal, $20, a week or something but most of that's going to charity but you get to choose where it goes just so your kids get in the habit of saying i care about this group and i want to give money to them um and that's fine or um there's always if you work in an office a lot of companies will either match match donations or Mm -hmm. you can say hey can we can you give your employees a half a day off and we're all going to volunteer at the food bank or something like that. There's, there's places if you, if you feel like you need the communal uh, vibe to sort of get you in the habit, then schedule a blood drive at your work. I've done that. Like get them run a charity 5k with your friends, like train together. Like there's ways you can kind of instill your own sense of community without that sort of churchy aspect and without giving money to the church. Um, but yeah, you have to be proactive. Like, sorry, it's not going to be, it's not going to be as easy. I wish there was a way from, I mean, although I would say 
send an automatic if you can afford it send an automatic donation to Planned Parenthood or whatever groups you care about and I would say also yeah give to Foundation Beyond Belief they're they're specifically to facilitate questions like this (laughs) you're trying to give as atheists and it's kind of cool or Kiva or any of those mm -hmm. micro lending sites too it's cool to be part of an atheist group that's Uh doing good work because you're killing two birds with one stone you're giving to good causes and you're saying hey look atheists can be generous too and I wonder if this person is uh, hoping to do good work in the name of atheism. I wonder if that's part of it too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to assume the answer is just no. I just don't have a church to give through. So I want to uh, know what's the best way to do it. And like you're saying, do it yourself or you can find other organizations that will help you do it yeah. um, that don't have to be church. They're right. out there, but sure. you have to oh, look yeah. for them. All right. I got two more questions. Uh, one is, why are atheists so angry? I'm angry literally all the time. I yell so... No. That is the stereotype. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Greta Christina kind of cornered this one. Um, right. And she wrote a book about it where yeah. she explained it. But it, this is a fair question. And let me let me play... I don't want to say devil's advocate. Uh, let me explain the question, which is that, yeah, usually when you see atheists on TV, when you hear them in the media, even if you read them in the newspaper... They're usually not there because it's a happy story. It's usually because they're playing defense or they're filing a lawsuit or something like that. There is So there's reason to have that perception if you're an outsider who doesn't pay attention to this stuff that, man, every time I see an atheist, they're always pissed off about something or they're filing a lawsuit or they're angry about that stuff. Why is that? Here's the thing is I think it's a fundamentally dishonest question. I think it's uh, intellectually dishonest. I think that I think that if anybody actually interacted with somebody who is an atheist or just like put some thought into it, it's not like we all sit in our couches and grumble and shake our fists at Fox News, although I do that <laughs> sometimes. But it's I, I think it's a uh, it's an intellectually dishonest question. I think the whoever is actually posing that question knows that they're full of shit. They know that. They know we don't just yell at people all day. Um, but what I... It's the w- same people who think you live these immoral, sad lives yeah. because God's not part I of s- it. I sit in the dark and cry. <laughs> <laughs> that um, is the default setting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for atheism. Um, but, and to kind of loop it into the last um, the last question about, about charitable giving, what I would say to somebody who actually has posed that question, which uh, b- bugs me and I think it's a shitty question, I would say... Excuse me. The best way to like dispel that kind of myth is to show up in your life and be a nice person and be nice to other people and give to charity. And then if somebody asks what church you belong to, oh, I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, there's an example of a person who I know and like. Because that's very sincerely, when I lived in Montana, I know I've talked about it before. When I lived in Montana, I was like the atheist. I I was known. I was like reading the God delusion. I was kind of leaning into it. But um, so all the sudden, village atheist. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> As a village atheist and their village singer, so <laughs> two facets. Um, but I would get to know people, and it was a very religious, very small town, wonderful, kind people, and they liked me sometimes. <laughs> and when they found out as an atheist, I, I was the 
I was the person, I was like a real person instead of like this weird stereotype they thought of. Which is nice. That's always nice when you can break that stereotype for them. I mean, I would add a couple things, which is uh, when you see atheists who are angry, it's usually because that's the only thing we get coverage for, which is to say fighting church state separation battles, which we're always, we have reasons to be angry. happening that's bad that I'm going to be angry about. If you're not angry, there's a problem (laughs) about some of the things religious people do. I think honestly that sort of why you so angry thing is applied to a lot of quote unquote others. I think it's a lot of like this sort of yeah. Why is Black Lives Matter always exactly. angry? Because fe- they have to be. Why, is, why are feminists so angry? Why <laughs> right. are atheists so angry? Right. Why are liberals so what like? Because we have shit to be angry right. about. And it's funny because, and you mentioned this, if you go to a group of atheists or a gathering of atheists uh, where we're amongst ourselves and talking about other things. Uh, yeah, it's not angry. Mm-hmm. People are genuinely happy-go-lucky and fine and friendly. And this is kind of and if when not I had friendly, to. That's okay. Not everybody has right. to be like. Not everyone has to be happy all the time. Yeah. But anyway. like, it's not that angry is the constant theme you see everywhere right. you go. If you're an atheist right. or any of the other others that you mentioned, like, yeah. So but, it's it's very uh, narrow-minded. If anyone thinks, yeah, and that it, atheists honestly, are always questions angry. like that actually do make me angry because like. You and I both know this question is bullshit. Like, <laughs> you and I know what's going on here. Why are we doing this dumb fucking charade of, oh, you guys are so, oh, and Christians are so happy all the time. Like, come on, dude. Like, you know what you're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> We're I, all human. We have a range of emotions. But, I mean, this is why the site was called Friendly Atheist right. way back when, because all I ever hear is angry atheists. And it's like, no, how come all the atheists I know are pretty nice people? Right. So I'll just make you say friendly because screw <laughs> you. Um in retrospect, I should have just used my name or something. Friendly Atheist is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had your face up there for a long time. Yeah, that was stupid, too. Um, no one wants to look at that. Let's just put something else. Um, okay, here's the last question. Okay. Two-parter. Okay. Uh, one, uh-huh. I know, Amy, we're both married, so whatever. But could you date somebody who was religious? I used to think the answer was yes. If they're not like super fundamentalist about it, like I don't think it would be a big deal. Like that's something if we could talk about it and it's not going to strain our relationship or something like it wouldn't bother me. I'm totally not there now. Like I don't even if I were like today, like I couldn't do that anymore. I don't feel that way. Now it's one of those things where now if you're religious, we are not going to get along. (laughs) Even if you're, even if you just believe in God and that's about as far as it goes, you don't even care about the Bible. Like, no, I don't think we would get along. I don't know. I don't. Okay. So I feel like all things being equal, I would much rather date an atheist. Sure. Well, I mean, you'd much rather date someone who has something you take very seriously in common with you. Sure. But I mean, under what circumstances could you ever date a religious person at this point, given whatever you've been through and, you know, man, oh, I don't know, because I don't here's here's what's happening in my head right now. I don't want to say no, I would never date a religious person because like I feel like that's not a cute look on atheists. But at the same time, I don't think I want to. Right. I don't think I would. It's the same way. And I keep coming back. It's, to like, it's a disagreement on something or... so fundamental to like who yes. we are yes. now. And this is one of those things. Like I know atheism isn't everything to everybody, yeah. even if you are an atheist, uh-huh. but it is for us. It's well, a huge part of our identity. And so but it I mean, seems weird to even consider being with someone who's not. Right. Well, and I don't know about, about your wife, but when my husband and I started dating, he, 
he wouldn't have called himself. And I don't think he even really likes to use the word atheist. Yeah, mine's in the same boat. Like, like it's... He prefers skeptic, I think. Yeah. But, like, that... I do remember on, like, our second date, I asked him if he believed in evolution. Nice. <laughs> there, okay, you I know found, how to pick the topics <laughs> for a date. I found my bar. <laughs> my bar is you have to believe in evolution. The rest is maybe up for discussion. <laughs> But I'm not going to talk to some young earther and be like, no, what do you... Stop, 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 stop. Because it, it, like, it says so much more. Together. This is not going to be our date. They have a rainbow by the Noah's Ark theme park oh, now. It's so okay They're now. trying to take it back. That was They're one of my favorite back. things you guys reported on in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even get the rainbow colors right. No, he didn't. <laughs> it wasn't the colors of the rainbow. They don't know what the rainbow looks like because they haven't live? looked at one in forever because, yeah, yeah. you know, they'll get the gay. Uh, yeah, I'm saying no, but I don't feel great about saying no. Is okay. that an okay answer? Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to ask a follow-up that uh, my friend Jesse once asked that I never even thought about. But, okay, both of us are in this position where it's like, yeah, I don't think I could date someone who is religious at this point in my life because yeah. this is something I'm hugely invested in uh-huh. as an idea and if also, we don't, I don't want to go home and have the same debates I have. Like, that's true. I don't want to like, deal I'm with t- this. I just, sometimes I just want to hang out with people who agree with me. And right. I know that's a really petty thing, but God, I can't always be fighting. Here is part two of the question. Oh no. I'm going to read this word for word. Could you date someone who would date someone who was religious? Yes. Yes, I could. Because, okay, good. I feel better. I was really nervous about this question. <laughs> yes, I could. Because, while I would prefer my the, my partner to have at least similar views to me, as me, with me. Sure. Uh-huh. I don't demand that they are as militant about it as okay. I am. It's okay. if Like, honestly, if my husband hadn't started dating me, I think he would still just be like, I don't give a fuck about religion. Right. <laughs> but because he got stuck with me, like, right. he has to hear all this shit over and over about, like, how mad I am, which is true. But it was just he, an interesting like, question because you're right. It's, be like, it's this demanding the militancy of the person you're with. It's like, what? You could date someone who is religious? Yeah. Maybe there's something wrong with you. <laughs> just Wait, that well, idea. How do you think? Um, no, I think I feel the same way. Like, I don't think I demand the same militancy. Yeah. Like you said, that's a weird word to use. We'll get shit for that. But I like yeah, it. I don't I don't need someone to be Bring as much of internet. an atheist as I am. Like, yeah, I want the person I'm with to be an atheist. I don't need them to be like, no, everyone I hang out with or whatever. Yeah, no, 100%. Have or, to be. I mean, even like or political views. Like, honestly, I don't okay, know Okay, let me date, change like, it to that because I think that might be more pertinent to this. Okay. Because the same reason, I'm, I'm very liberal. It's a huge part of who I am. Uh-huh. I don't think I could date someone who was a Republican. I could be friends with someone and have spirited debates, arguments with them and know that we could walk away shaking hands or fine. I'm fine with that. I could see that happening. It doesn't. I don't think I have that person in my life. I'm just saying it could happen. <laughs> no, I but I don't think I could date someone who was Republican. Could I date another Democrat who would say, no, I could date a Republican. Oh my God, what's, I would be thinking, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I think I would be more militant about that. Because I, I know there are religious people out there um, that, you know, their religious beliefs are so benign that it, it wouldn't bother me uh-huh. if someone else was with that. But like, it's hard for me at this point, given everything the Republican Party has done, to be like, you're okay with them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I... Thankfully, these aren't questions I actually have to think about. <laughs> well, no, I think... Here's the thing is... 
So to me, and I might have said this during our drunk podcast, it got a little hazy at the end, but to me, the the worst part about sort of this election season has not been, it's been the loss of honest debate. So to me, so yes, I am very liberal in many, many ways, right? But I think that our country, our country is stronger. I think that um, our society is better when we are having open and honest discourse. What's happening now <laughs> is we're trying to just convince people that immigrants are humans too. And like, that's not an interesting <laughs> debate to be had. Because that's not there's a debate. No, because there's no other side to it. Right. Or the same thing like, should well, women is, get birth control right. from their insurance? We're yeah, just in our yeah, bubbles. We're not. We're not having any right. overlap anymore. Um, I don't know if I. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure someone could convince me that I'm wrong on this one. Yeah. Like, and no, it's will. not a big deal. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, that's okay. We have no listeners. It's cool. There's um, like 18. Thank you, 18 people. We love you. By the way, last time we were together, we talked about, hey, we should go on tour. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing is, we got maybe a dozen plus actual responses from people oh, saying, God. if you came on tour, I would come to watch, which is very nice. And we really appreciate those comments. I sent them all to Jessica. And I had my car packed. I was like, let's go. <laughs> the funny thing is, we got like one person emailing from like 18 different cities. <laughs> so we're going to... <laughs> Where are we going? Tennessee. Yeah, we're going all over the Washington. place, but we're just going to have an audience of one person. Listen, so thank you, one person in all of those cities. Can we crash on your couch? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm about to be unemployed. Got some time on my hands. No, you're going to be employed. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I I really want to go on tour. <laughs> we will work it out. Thank you, so one so person bad. per city. Yeah, no, but it really it really meant a lot. People were very, very <laughs> kind and very nice. We about, enjoy your emails. About our catharsis. <laughs> yes. Um, and apparently everyone really appreciated the box of wine oh that you God. had. Oh, okay. <laughs> and me, a little bit of it. You had a little bit. I housed that thing. Um, they wanted to be the third guest at every taping. Oh, my God, they can be. Oh, we can yeah. people on. Listen, <laughs> I got a lot of hate for that boxed wine. I am telling you, Target brand <laughs> wine cubes are the shit. Merlot is my jam from it. <laughs> it's $17. You get four bottles worth. It's very well. Is that how much is in the box? I nice. I didn't actually finish. I need to make it clear. I didn't actually finish it. <laughs> you did. I really but... need to be very clear <laughs> about that. I didn't actually drink three and a half bottles of wine. Um, yeah, well, that's a lot of fun. I, I want to do more things like this. We will. I enjoy them. Me too. Yeah. Um, um, thank you, everyone who submitted questions. Sorry we didn't get to all of them. I hope. Uh, but if, hey, if you guys listen to this, we'll do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for oh, your questions. Really quick, before we go, um, due to my pending unemployment, I'm opening an Etsy shop that I want to plug. Please. It's called um, Bitches Get Stitch Done. <laughs> Don't ask. It took me a long time. <laughs> a lot of punny store names are not available. Uh, so I'm selling cross stitches. That link I'm, in the show notes. Yeah, I'll link it. Um, but so, yeah, I'm doing like just dumb, geeky stuff. So if anybody wants anything, I'll, I take requests. Please, I need to pay my mortgage. This is a good time to bring up. We have a store <laughs> full of merch. No, oh, Patreon, oh, yes. Yeah. We have a store full of merchandise on the podcast website. Yeah. I think it's been up there for a year. Not a single. God, I, to be <laughs> fair, I haven't bought anything. That, To be fair, I haven't plugged it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I we don't, should revisit that and we maybe should. like revamp what One we day. sell. Maybe that wasn't working. Got some time it's all on good. my hands. It's all good. Okay. Uh, thank you all. Thanks we'll so talk much to for you listening. soon. Bye.